in regards to people who, you know, are looking for work, and I know, Jack, you just mentioned something about when you came out of uni. I think it's definitely important to really, from the very beginning, think about the trajectory of your career. So sitting down and having an action plan in place. And this is something that I encourage all my clients to do is create an action plan. And what does the action plan look like? So, for example... Hello, welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast talking about everything finance and finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my guy, my brother, Jax. How are you, bro? I'm all right, bro. I'm very good. Um, almost the end of the year now. Um, we've just entered November, but you know, the year's not ended. We've still got two more months. We've still got to keep pushing and we have to still achieve our goals before the year ends. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, we're we're based here in the UK and we've just been told we're about to go into another lockdown. How are you feeling about that? How are you preparing for that based on what we've already gone through earlier on this year? Do you know what? Not too much is going to change for me because I was really out anyway since the first lockdown. Um, so, I mean, I've kind of been prepared. Um, I don't like the idea of not being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Mm. However, again, I've, I've been prepared. So um, we just have to go through it, really. Um, absolutely absolutely well definitely welcome of course for our podcast and for our listeners we're still um meeting uh virtually so we're not in the studio so um do uh bear with us and of course a massive welcome to our listeners as well please continue to do what you're doing we're sending in um requests and in questions are based on topics we would like to talk about um for today's podcast we've got a special guest who's going to be supporting us with a discussion around career planning um and getting ready for the world of work and you know how you can be looking at how you can be best positioned and um, when it comes to your career and career journey as well so we've got a special guest and we're gonna welcome tina tina and sarah from ta recruitment tina how are you i'm very well thank you for having me it's our pleasure how have you been during these these times it's been i mean it's been challenging like everyone else but i think it's it's a, it's a great time to learn um in regards to business and also the current labor market and also what people need as well and how to be positioned to help more people definitely a period to to know um and um, learn a lot from as well nice and a perfect segue you mentioned you've been learning quite a bit about your business as well can you t- tell us a bit more about who you are, what you do, what you've been working on during this period? Yeah, so my name is Tina Ansari. I am the director of TA Recruitment Consulting, which is a talent acquisition and recruitment company that specializes in the public and private sector. Um, and just to give you a bit more information in regards to what we do. So we specialize in project management, HR, finance, sales and marketing. And what we do, we work with candidates specifically to help them and train them um, around their career so stuff like cv tailoring interview techniques application support but more differently um or more specifically what we do which is different from any other recruitment company is that we really nurture the, the skills of our clients so we're not the typical recruitment company that says okay we have a role bring in your vacancy or apply for this vacancy and typically you don't really hear back from a recruitment company for let's say a month or even if you do hear you don't usually hear back what we do, we actually train you up and prepare you to be market ready and also how to be positioned in the market to be able to um, 
you know, go out there and really go and work for really big corporate companies and also companies that are aligned with your overall vision um, and goals as well. Uh, we do another, another uh, some other stuff as well in regards to, we do training online as well. Uh, we do one-to-one coaching as well. So what we do is really there to serve our candidates and our clients. We do also work with employees as well. Um, but today I just want to specifically focus on the candidate side of things um, and really just preparing people as well during this time. I mean, obviously, you know, we've had the pandemic for a couple of months now and I'm just here to kind of encourage people and tell them about the different techniques and different tips that they can use um, if they are looking for work, um, if they've recently been made redundant or if they've been looking for work next year, just preparing people um, and giving them some insight into what the current market is looking like and what it will look like in the future. Amazing, amazing. And just uh, want to you know, say a massive thank you for joining us on this podcast and warm welcome as well. And I think everything that you were talking about so vital, and you mentioned specifically during this period as well, a lot has changed um, in the world of um, recruiting or even finding a job, career planning, etc. And, you know, not just for those that are doing... Um, you know, a, a nine to five or a day uh, job. You're, of course, an entrepreneur yourself. And later on, I'll definitely ask a bit more about how your previous roles and nine to five roles has helped contribute to, to you being a better business person um, yeah. as well. Because, of course, we've got listeners that don't do uh, a standard nine to five. Some of our listeners are full of full time entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. So hopefully, it'll be quite useful to them as well. You know, hold on. Okay. Sorry, Jack, go. Continue. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the thing you do in addition to your other business? Um, I know you do a bit of coaching. Um, kind of yes. Um, I, I want you to talk about it because it, it's something that I quite like and I'm quite interested in as well. Yeah, so I'm also a performance coach as well. Um, I'm an author. I guess let me, let me kind of camp on the performance coaching aspect of things. So as a performance coach, I work with people on a one-to-one basis, helping them to really identify their goals, more specifically around their purpose, their purpose of kind of what they have been designed to do in this earth as a Christian myself. Um, so I do work with people around those areas. Um, also do business coaching as well in regards to that. So for example, with myself, I've been in recruitment for 15 years and was able to transition into uh, my own business. Um, and that was a really you know, big time for me. And I know a lot of people have business ideas, but mm. there's certain things that hinder them from being able to start their own business. Mm. So my coaching is really there to kind of look at the skills that you have and look at how you can develop that. Um, and I'm a firm believer on legacy as well and being able to serve other people. So with the skills and the talents that you have been given, and as I said, I'm a Christian, so I believe it comes from God. With the skills and the talents that you've been given, being able to use that, nurture it, um, refine it, and then give it out to serve other people and also making sure that you're leaving a legacy behind for other people that are coming after you. I think we've got this kind of notion nowadays that when you get into business, it's just about making money. Um, but I, I would, you know, I, I differ from that kind of common thought. I would say that when you start a business, it's predominantly to serve other people and to leave a legacy behind so that the ones that are coming after you um, have those doors open and it's not such of a struggle um, and such of a hindrance for them to do so. So I do honestly believe that, you know, like I said, we're in an age where there's a surge of businesses. But I do feel that there needs to be 
um, an emphasis on doing it the right way. Um, we are here to serve each other. And mm. so, like I said before, the performance coaching is, is helping people to get to that level where they can start their own businesses um, and really use that to serve their communities. Mm. That's what I'd like to hear. I need, I need you uh, go into a bit more detail, but I think on this episode, we won't talk about it too much, but I, I really, really like that part of the business. Um, just for the viewers, um, for them to know, um, I met Tina, what, maybe a couple of years ago? Um, wow, it's gone so fast. About three years, I think. Yeah. I didn't speak to her for quite a while, and then randomly, I just randomly called her and needed some advice. And she gave me some really good advice, and we've been good friends since, and we've worked together quite a few times as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. It's, it's actually, it's nice to, to see how um, relate, like professional relationships flourish. We met at a networking event. Um, and like you said, since then, we've been really good friends. Um, opportunities have opened up from that as well. So, um, yeah. Um, and uh, Tini, you mentioned, uh, and I'm sure you'll talk a bit more about it later on, you mentioned the fact that you've been able to maintain that relationship with um, people like Jack Sanko and the importance of networking as well. So sure you definitely touch on um, a bit um, on that later on. Jack, so when you look back, back in the days, um, obviously given what Tina's um, sort of explained in terms of what her business does, how beneficial would it have been for you to have yeah. a company like um, that around? Do you know what? I mean, I think you know the answer to this already because we grew up together, but... Um, I really struggled with kind of getting onto the job ladder very early on in my career, even after university. And a lot of this because obviously the advice our parents give us is to make sure we get the good grades. So I made sure I got good grades. But what I wasn't told is I needed to do internships and I needed to do some sort of um, kind of extra work outside of my my my, um, my career or sorry, my university experience. Mm. So I really did struggle. Um, and yeah, I didn't even know there were businesses that were around that can help us do certain stuff like this as well so especially within our community the black community the afro-caribbean community it is good to have someone who you can kind of relate to who can actually use their expertise to guide you um in the right direction i mean tina mentioned the fact that she is not just about recruitment i've worked with a lot of recruitment I mean, they call me every day <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I calls every day oh gosh that's as well sought for <laughs> but, um, so like but what Tina said is very different it's, it's one thing just sending me uh, a job spec and saying you know this is a good job for you there's another thing actually picking up on my skill set and saying okay I think this will be better for you so what Tina does is much more it's much more effective I think um, and that's why I think we need to be pushing her business and businesses like hers even further forward but yeah I, I really did struggle even after you need to go on a job ladder I didn't really know what I wanted to do even yeah, and I think it's about having the life skill for life. So um, it's about learning. So I think there's a term that says um, you can have a teacher man, um, you can have a give a man a fish or teach a man how to fish so he can feed himself for a lifetime. Mm. And I think that's what we need to lean towards is skill, upskilling people as well. Even with the businesses that we have is upskilling people. Mm. So people don't have to rely on our businesses. I know a lot of businesses want people to rely on them because obviously they can get more money. But essentially, if you train someone up, that person can go and train someone else and go and train someone else and go. And it kind of creates a ripple effect. Mm. So I definitely think it is about training. In regards to people who, you know, are looking for work, and I know, Jax, you just mentioned something about when you came out of uni. I think it's definitely important to 
really from the very beginning think about the trajectory of your career. So sitting down and having an action plan in place. And this is something that I encourage all my clients to do is create an action plan. And what does the action plan look like? So for example, what kind of career um, do I desire to go into? What kind of salary am I looking for? Um, what kind of even work environment do I want to work in? How does that fit in with my overall vision of where I see my life in the next two or five years? And this seems like very basic things, but it's very important because you wouldn't believe the amount of people that I speak to that go into jobs just because of the salary. And I've done it myself before, so I, you know, I, can't, I can't be too harsh. <laughs> I can't be too harsh, but the majority of people go into jobs because, okay, it gives me 40, 50K a year. It looks good. It sounds good. The company seems right and that's it. But we need to be more strategic in the way that we approach things. You want to be in a job where you're able to once again upskill yourself, where that company is also um, contributing to your overall career growth as well. We say to people that it's a reciprocal process. So you are there to work for an employer um, and employer is also there to edify your skills and help you move up the career ladder. If you're in a job where you're remaining stagnant, let's say, for example, you've been in a job for a year and you haven't got a salary increase, you don't really see your career progressing, you are essentially doing yourself a disservice. So it's very important to see from the very beginning what it does my career look like, let's say, like I said, the next two, three, five years, and actually map it out, actually map it and be intentional with the jobs that you're looking for. Don't just go for the salary um, and the, you know, the first thing that, you see actually take time to process it okay I'm doing this job at the moment this is the career path that I'm going on okay I see myself climbing up the career ladder at this particular stage maybe next year I want to progress into more senior or so on and so forth but be intentional with what you're looking for but essentially it comes down to you sitting down doing that self-assessment doing that self-evaluation um, and then taking it from there I, 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 like, I like what you um was saying about the mutual benefit about you know what you can add towards that workplace but also how they can support you as well um just even looking back to 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 sort of my career journey and some of my peers as well no there always comes that stage where you don't really know too much about what you want to do there's so much out there of course as we all know when you talk about career planning and actually um putting together a plan what does that look like from the start in terms of where to start? How does one decide what they would want to do or would like to do, if that makes sense? Yeah, very good question and very common question as well. So it really is about looking at your skills, your education and your expertise. OK, so you would look at those things um, and look at kind of your interests as well. And I'll kind of give you a bit of um, background into me. I, I fell into recruitment, so it wasn't intentional. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. That's why I say to people, be intentional. Mm. Um, I finished uni. I had done a history degree and my plan was to go into teaching. I done a placement. And bear in mind, I never actually sat down with anyone who told me about career and Tina, you know, these are your options. So I was kind of shooting in the dark. And when I finished uni, had my history degree, had vocation, great, I'm going to go into teaching. I'd done a placement and I thought, whoa, this is not for me. I don't, at the time I said to myself, I didn't have that level of patience. Looked at the salary and I was like, I, I can't see myself being on that salary for the long term. <laughs> and it was like a big blow to me. I was like, okay, what do I do? And I, I literally sat down, went on Google and began to type in different roles. And then as I was doing that, then a recruitment internship came up. I thought, okay, this looks interesting. 
done a few applications, got rejected a number of times, actually got actually got rejected so hard at one point. I spoke to, I believe it was a recruitment director. She said to me, there's no chance you can get into recruitment. She's like, what experience do you have? And I was like, none. She's like, okay, what's your degree in history? She's like, have a serious think about if you want to do this. Mm. And I actually thank God for that conversation because at the time it was really harsh, but I'm the kind of person who's very resilient. So if you tell me no, I'm going to turn it into yes. I'll say, okay, I'm going to prove this person wrong. I'm going to get into recruitment by whatever means possible and I'm going to do this. So you know what recruitment was? Because I've come across recruitment a few times, but I think it's quite a new, a newer type of role. Am I right or wrong? Recruitment, I mean, recruitment, recruitment is essentially sales. It's essentially mm. sales. You're mm. there to um, sell a product, whether it be a job role, um, whether it be training, whether it, it's essentially sales. Recruitment's been around for a long time. And I think, you know, recruitment has been a very rigid structure for a long time in regards to it's done one way. So like I mentioned before, you know, a recruitment company will typically post their job advert, a candidate will apply, they will get response or they won't get response. And that's pretty much it. Um, the recruitment industry, I believe, from my experience, is mainly from the perspective of an employer, not from the candidate. So it's not really about training. It's not really about, okay, let's sit down and look at your skills and let's actually map out your career history. Most recruitment companies, which are very corporate, don't have time to do that. They, they, want, you, they want to see you in the ready-made form, whereas my company is look at, looking at your raw resources. Mm-hmm. What is it that you have at the moment that we can build and get you to the level that you want to get to? So we're not looking at the ready-made product. We're actually mm-hmm. helping you to build those raw materials and kind of construct them in a way that can be presented to an employer, that an employer can see, okay, I want this candidate. I believe that your talent can be beneficial for my company. Mm. You're more so looking for that, you say you're more so looking for that potential within that person and then picking up on that potential and seeing how you can tailor that for whatever company you're trying to match them with. Potential to some extent. I, yeah. I don't know if I like the word potential because I think a lot of people lean on that word potential and use it as a kind of place of complacency. Mm. People say they have potential, so it kind of makes them think that that's enough. Uh, if, even if you look at the word potential, it means um, unused energy or unused resource. Mm. So what we're looking to do is kind of ignite that um, and get it to the point where um, the potential is actually converted into you know, you've been able to move forward. That's why I like to call it performance coaching and not Mm. just coaching or anything else. It's really making sure that we're moving and action is taken. That's why I mentioned about the action plan because it's about setting actual goals and it's actually looking at deadlines. Okay, I I want to be able to do this by this particular time. I want to do this because of this. This is my why. This is the reason why I want to do this. Um, And just really looking at that vision. What What is it that you really want from a career? A job isn't just to do for a nine to five and then retire at a certain age and then that's it. A job is there for you to gain as much skills as you can, move up the career ladder. And if, because I I do believe that not everyone is a business person, but if you are someone who is business minded, it's about now converting those skills and those experiences into your own business. Um, And that's essentially what I've done. Um, Through my experience in the different companies that I worked for, I then began to mold that together and created my own company based on the successes and the failures that I had been through. So that's exactly what your, um, your, your workplace is. It's a fertile ground for you to really soak up and learn so much. Um, for example, operational management. 
how you manage a team, how you prioritize your day, task management, um, how you manage different finances. If you're someone who is in management uh, and manages different um, financial budgets, there's so much resources that you can learn in a workplace that can be used in your everyday life. Even if you don't want to go into business, your everyday life, like how you prioritize um, your, your everyday, how you manage your tasks. So there's so much to learn, but it's essential to be positioned in the right workplace. Because you can either work two ways. You can go and work in a place where you can really learn a lot and then implement that into your own life and into your business. Or you can work in a place as a complete disaster and it actually mm. hinders you from being able to move forward. Like I said before, I, um, I work with so many people who are miserable in their everyday job and 75% of your life is spent at work. That's a huge amount. You, you, you know you know that uh, point that you just mentioned on say five percent um yeah being um miserable i've just got a quote from the bbc actually um okay. slightly different uh, uh different but it says here yeah, one in full feel trapped in a job that they don't want to be in wow uh, so yeah, yeah it relates heavily to what you're saying um well let's talk a bit more about um when you've actually got that plan where to start where to go on next um and you know you talk about it seems like it's very beneficial working with companies like yours as well to really support them with getting that particular role that's beneficial for their career. But um, Jazz, I'm quickly just uh, bring you in on this. Um, you've heard all of this. I'm assuming in your career, you've not had the too much of the opportunity, maybe in your earlier days, to work with a company like this. Um, how did you decide or know that, you know, this is what you want to do when you look at where you are now, Jazz? You are talking, you're on mute, don't worry, I'll edit that, edit that bit out. Sorry about that, sorry. Um, so, yeah, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do after university. I knew what skills I had, um, but I didn't really know how to match those skills with a career. Mm. And so, um, and, and to be really honest with you, it was difficult even landing a job anywhere within finance at that time anyway, um, especially within the investment banking world because it was so competitive. Um, and that's when I even experienced, the, for, for the first time in my life, I experienced what's that thing called? Um, uh, what's that thing called when you're, you're in somewhere where you're not supposed to be? Imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome, that's it. Um, and I struggled with that. But um, I think it, it was mainly down to kind of just ending up in a role, realizing that there was potential in the role, um, and then realizing that actually I can actually excel in this role because it matches my skill set, mm. kind of thing. But even still, even still, I didn't think it was maximizing my full potential, as Tina said, potential. Um, and so I was a bit more intentional about moving forward and how I was going to live my life for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, mm. by not just having a career at work, but having a career outside of work, which is when I began having side hustles and that kind of stuff. And mm. even at work, I became more entrepreneurial. Because as, again, Tina said, we spend so much time at work, I, I really struggle to just go into work and you know, just do the typical day job and then come home. I just feel very, very unfulfilled. Um, but the truth is, I really wanted to become a financial advisor at first because I wanted to advise people about finance, mm. right? Um, but then I realized what financial advisory was um, in terms of a career, and it was too salesy for my liking. Mm. Um, I just didn't want to, you know sell people financial products because it takes away what I really wanted to do, which was actually to educate and guide people. 
And so I quickly said, I don't want to be a financial advisor. I don't want to, you know, uh, imagine you have a family and you're a financial advisor. I would easily sell, sell you a financial product just so I get my commission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I could easily do that. But it's just kind of doesn't really sit down well with my integrity. So mm-hmm. I'm much better education you. And that's why I do what I do now. I'm lucky in a sense that the career that I have, the nine to five that I have, allows me to build on skills and continue developing skills that can transfer into my business and into my day to day. And the journey continues. Um, I'm still not, I'm still learning every single day. Um, there's still so much more to learn. But even business, I'm learning so much as well because I never thought I was going to be a business person early on. I didn't know what business actually was, if I really think about it. You know, back in the day, you see someone wearing a suit, oh, he's a businessman. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that even mean? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's still a journey, and I'm still on a journey as well. But one thing I've decided to do is just to do everything that I've always enjoyed. Um, and if it turns out to be a business, then so be it. I love educating. I can talk about finance for 12 hours non-stop, as you guys you know, would know anyway. I already know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we know this. <laughs> it's, it's just about doing whatever is inside of me when come out, really. Mm. You know, even if it's talking about football. Um, as you know, might know, I've started a podcast with my brothers because we talk about football at home all the time. So why mm. not talk about football? So yeah, to cut a long story short, and I know I'm waffling a bit, but that's what I do. Everything that's inside of me, I try to let it come to light. It's as simple as that. And, and, and as a side note, today is obviously a really important day where both of our really football teams face each other, Arsenal and Man United. <laughs> so for that nine minutes, me and Jax are not boys, but it is what it is. Shout out to Arsenal. Um, thanks for that, Jax. That is big, though. Um, and definitely hear what you're saying in terms of how you are doing what you're doing and how the skills you're learning is contributing to the person you are as, an, uh, as a business person as well, which is which is big. Um Tina, I guess, you know, you, you've spoken about the career plan. Um, you know, if we're walking through someone for a story, they've set up their career plan. And this could be for anyone, whether they're working right now and they've been 10 years into their career, 15 years into mm-hmm. career, or whether they're starting right now. I'm assuming that career plan is to be updated and um, amended as time goes on. Um, once they've got that, where, what, what's next? Is I'm assuming it's the job search and things like that. It might not be, but you can let me know. And if it is a job search, how does one start with that? Because there's so much out there right now in this world. Yeah, so from the career plan, I would definitely look at tailoring your current CV. Um, mm. If you have one, you should have a CV somewhere. It might be it might be full of cobwebs or, you know, pull it out, wherever it is. And, you know, look at tailoring your CV and specifically towards the kind of roles that you're looking for. I usually recommend people to pick three different roles that they're looking for. So, for example, if you said, okay, I want to get into project management, you would pick three different roles. So you might pick, um, you know, it depends on actual level of schools, but you pick three different roles under that particular sector of work and you tailor your CV around that. Some people choose to do more than one CV. I don't think you need to. You just tailor your CV to that particular particular um, role or sector that you're looking for so it's about tailoring your cv um, and also a cover letter will need to accompany that cv as well from there you then need to um, start looking at the different platforms that you can use to actually um, send out your cv and there's numerous um, platforms you've got linkedin you've got cv library you've got niche job boards as well like um, Robert Half and other websites as well. So you've got so many different websites that you can really choose from. You might be thinking, well, where do I start? Literally just Google, type in best sectors um, or best recruitment websites or best job platforms for, let's say, project management or marketing, whatever sector you're, you've ch- chosen, 
you would just type that in and it will come up with the different job platforms that um, suit those sectors if you you know if you're looking for a niche job platform but for more generic ones cv library um read uh, monster total jobs those are the kind of websites that you can um you can look on if you're international then i would just look at the the pop, most popular job boards in your particular area um so that's that looking at different job boards but you definitely need to network sorry mm. what, what was that Sorry, can I ask a quick question? Um, so yeah, I remember when I was um, looking for roles and stuff like that, there was, um, I spoke to different uh, recruiters and they said, your CV should be one page. Now, let me know. I think this, I don't know if that's a myth. Um, let me know. They said it should be one page. But I said, guys, look, my CV is minimum two pages because I want to get everything on there. Like, you don't need to know what I'm on. Do you know what I mean? You, don't need to know all of, you need to see all my qualifications. You need to see all, everything that I've ever done. Should it be one page or should it be two pages? Well, there's a general rule in the recruitment industry. It should be two pages max. I think it, it depends on your level of experience. So if you're someone who hasn't got any experience, let's say you're just fresh out of uni, you've probably done one a, one job or you've just done some work experience. Obviously, your, your CV is not going to be two pages. I mean, what are you going to fill your, you know, what are you going to fill, what information are you going to use to fill up two pages? So it's usually one page if you're a graduate. When you're a graduate, you, the rule of thumb is it'll be usually one page and the the um, the basis of the information will be around your skills rather than your work experience because you don't have a lot of work experience at that stage. It's more about your skills and what you have to offer to a company. So usually with that kind of CV, you would accompany a prospecting cover letter which actually details as to why you want to work um, for a particular company based on your passion and your desire to get into that sector. So what you're essentially doing is saying, I don't have these skills and experience at this time, but I would love to. And this is why I think I'll be good to work in this particular role or sector. So that's how you do it that way. Now, if you're someone who's more advanced in your career, two pages is enough. OK, but once again, it needs to be tailored. So you need to look at your personal profile, which is usually the paragraph um, at the beginning of your CV. You put your keywords in there and keywords are key algorithms that are tailored towards your sector because every sector has keywords. So, for example, project management would be budget management, um, managing um, different projects. There's certain keywords that go with um, particular sectors. So you put your keywords in your CV, particularly your personal profile. You'd also outline what your key um, skills are. um, And you'd probably round that up to maybe five or six key skills that you have. And you can either um, also separate that between technical key skills on just generic skills um so you can do that as well and then you go into your um your skills or your excuse me your experience now i will say this when you are talking about your experience don't just list what you've done at each company make sure that it's an achievement-based cv so achievement-based cv means at each role talk about your key achievement just create a short paragraph at, at the top of each role before you list what you've you done there and talk about your key achievements. So a key achievement would be what really, what was one thing that really stood out when you worked, when you worked there? For example, if, if you're in sales, you could say I increased um, sales by maybe 50% during this particular time period. Um, and also talk about the outcomes as well of what happened when you actually achieved that. So doing achievement-based CV, because what employees are looking for, and you've got to bear in mind, it's an employer's market at the moment. And what that means is you've currently got 1.56 million unemployed people in the UK at the moment. So the UK candidate pool 
is expansive at the moment. There's so many unemployed people compared to the number of jobs. So creating an achievement-based CV really allows you to be set apart from the rest. Because an employer is now looking at what value you have to offer to company. They don't necessarily want to know, oh, when I came in on Monday, I done this task and I done that. What value are you adding to a company? How are you making a difference to the overall success of a company? And that's what an employer wants to see. So you need to create an achievement-based CV and you need to make sure that you understand what value you have to offer to a company and be able to demonstrate that effectively to an employer. And that's really useful, uh, Tina. And whilst we're on, I guess, almost a CV tip, so to speak, um, in terms of really standing out from the crowd. And as you as you mentioned, it's an employer's market, so there's ever more of an important, more important time to really stand out. It's now. Um, is there any comments that you have on some of the myths that we've heard about? You know how to make your CV look a bit more attractive. Stand. I've seen CVs that might have their picture on them, yeah. um, certain format or fonts um, as well. But, yeah, do you have any one or two tips? We don't need to go through the full list, but I'm sure, yeah, um, yeah you've got one or two tips for us as well. Um, I think one that just comes to mind straight away is don't lie on your CV. I know this mm. might be like, whoa, don't lie on your CV, be honest. Um, and I Wait, say on that, that because... on that, Jax, <laughs> Jax, confession time. <laughs> Jacks, confess. Have you ever lied on your CV? Have I ever lied? Um, <laughs> you know what? I've, I've exaggerated. I've not, I've not lied. I like that word, exaggerate. He, he turned the word lie to exaggerate. I said, <laughs> my, my Excel skills are advanced. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I remember about to do a VLOOKUP. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but, like, do you ever feel like you can learn and learn it on later? Mm. I don't lie, exaggerate. I would say this, don't, don't lie on your CV. And the reason is I, I've, I've seen very horror stories from lying mm. on a CV. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with being um, hopeful and willing to learn. There's nothing wrong with that. But just be honest. Now, I'm giving an yeah. example for myself. I, uh, years ago, I started a job um, and I didn't have my Prince 2 qualification and the job was predominantly project management. And I said, look, I don't have my Prince 2 qualification and they actually offered to pay for my Prince 2. Now, this was a, a training course. Like, most people who in project management know Prince 2 costs about 2000 If you can get for lower than that, you're lucky. But it, it, it's a lot of money. I don't know if it's gone down now because this was a few years ago. But it cost around 2000 And I wasn't going to pay for that training myself. Now, this company offered to pay for my training based on me just being honest with them and saying, look, I don't have that qualification. And I believe that if I do get it, it would really help me do my role better. So this is the kind of benefits that come when you are transparent and you are honest. Um, and you don't want to be in a situation where you have lied and you start the role and then three months later, they're like, sorry, you know, you have to go. Yeah. And Because you, you have to remember, now probation periods have been extended. So now the average probation period is up to six months. Yeah. So within that first six months, you really are proving yourself and you are being watched quite closely to see if you actually can do the job that you've actually applied for. Most people think that the testing period finishes after the interview, but it doesn't. It carries mm. on mm. to actually end your probation. And I would even say even moving wow. forward after that as well. So it's just important to be very transparent and honest with your employer. I'd also say that, um, you know, um, also just prepare yourself as well. If you want to work in a particular sector, do the relevant research that needs to be done. Look at the average salaries, for that particular sector, that particular role. 
connects with people. I would encourage people to actually get a mentor. And this is something that I never did. And I wish I did do it in my early career. Get a mentor. You might be thinking, okay, where am I going to get a mentor for? You can go on LinkedIn and other platforms. Reach out to people who are in your sector or the sector that you want to go into. And just say to them, look, I want to get into this sector. Can you give me some advice? What are the pitfalls that I should um, avoid? What are um, the kind of benefits? Because sometimes, you know, when you do research, let's say you read an article, it doesn't really give you that tangible experience or that kind of knowledge that you need. Whereas someone who's actually in that sector or actually doing that role, it's actually better to reach out to someone who actually can give you that level of knowledge and understanding. So I would say find a career mentor, find a career coach, do your research, and also kind of tally up to where you are at the moment. For example, if you want to get into a new sector, you have to understand most of the time, you're going to have to go in at an entry level. Entry level salaries are between 20 to 25K a year. So if you are willing to kind of, you know, transition into something new, you have to be willing to most of the time take a salary drop, okay? But in the long term, it works to your benefit because when you can work up the career ladder, you will be able to gain more money in the long term. But initially, you will maybe have to take um, a career drop. Now, mm. is that something that you can do at this time? Let's say, for example, you've got a mortgage to pay. Can you realistically do that? If not, don't do it. You know, So you have to really look at where you are in your life at the moment, um, where you see your career going, and also making sure you get valuable support through mentors, utilizing different platforms, training. Um, and, and once again, like I said, the action plan as well, incorporating all of those things and really allow yourself to move forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, just on that, actually, a few, a few things that you've uh, mentioned, you mentioned things. Uh, what we're going to do would be great is once we've spoken about, um, wrapped up on uh, CVs, obviously looking at the next stage as well, um, which I'm assuming, I'm sure you will let me know when we get there, is around um, the interviews and preparing for interviews. You also mentioned um, about salaries as well, so we're going to talk a bit more about that later on. And you've spoken about platforms like LinkedIn when it comes to updating your CV and the power of things like LinkedIn, whether it's uh, networking, getting a mentor, etc. Just on LinkedIn and in general platforms, how important is your online brand when it comes to this? Online branding is so important. And I had this question a while ago as I was speaking to someone. Well, I think it was just a general, general conversation and I was talking about personal branding. And the individual said, well, I'm not a business, so why do I need to have a brand? And that's, that, once again, that's a misconception. Everyone is a brand. And because nowadays everything is literally online, you are a brand. Whether you like it or not, you are a brand. And the way that you convey yourself is very important. And I'll give you an example. Most employers will go and look at your LinkedIn profile or, or try and find you on Instagram to see and find out more about you. An employer is going to do more research. I've had it done to me. I've also done it to candidates that I've recruited for as well. So don't be under the illusion that, you know, you can get away with certain things. For example, having unprofessional pictures maybe on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram. I would recommend that you kind of do an online cleansing where... You know, you look at your pictures, you look at how you're actually coming across online. Um, if we focus on LinkedIn, for example, is actually maybe even getting endorsements because now LinkedIn have um, something where you can actually get people to endorse you, which is kind of like a reference. You can get people to actually verify that they've even worked with you or can say, 
that you're really good at what you do. So it's really about coming across professional. You are being watched, whether you like it or not. It's very important to have um, an online brand um, and one that actually marries up with what you're actually saying. So for example, if you're going to interview saying, I'm a really professional person, um, I really um, have a desire to work in this field. And then, for example, they looked at your LinkedIn profile and it says a completely opposite thing. It doesn't kind of come across well. So it's really important to make sure that what you're saying aligns up with your the different platforms that you're on. And and you you, you mentioned that how when you because you mentioned uh, LinkedIn, which is obviously a professional service. What about the ones that are a bit more personal and a bit more fun? So obviously, Jax, I know you're quite big on um, things like Instagram, and you come off um, a particular way, and I know that's fairly important to you. What how important is it for things like Instagram, Facebook, and something that me personally don't see as serious as LinkedIn? Can I, can I make a joke here? So yeah, go on, Jax. I think it was a second company I worked for. Um, so I was there and then, um, I was, uh, you know, um, speaking to, I think the PA and, and she was like, oh, when, you know, when we got to the final stage and we were looking at the candidates, um, we checked their Facebook. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, we, we saw that this guy likes Game of Thrones and we were really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what the, <laughs> what, so what, you lot are basically stalking me. And, and that's, I think that was an eye opener. It just reminded me like, you know what, people actually do go searching for you kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it is, it is important to kind of clean up um, your social media um, in case you have some, <laughs> some skeletons. <laughs> you know? Skeletons in the closet. I would I, I will say this to people. I don't need to come across as to say, you know, don't be yourself. Obviously mm. be, be who you are. Um, but I would just say, you know, if you are looking to get into a particular sector, then you have to clean up. I know, you know, the majority, the majority of companies that are recruiting or companies in general have a company culture. So they have a particular look that they go for. Yeah. They have a particular, um, I was actually speaking to one of uh, my candidates recently. They were saying that even down to the emails that they write, they are they're scrutinized on the way they write the, the emails, the mm. English that they use, the level of professionalism, the conduct. So it's just important to just make sure that you just clean up around those edges. No one's saying you can't be yourself, but it's just important, you know, you're, you're adding that you're working for someone. If you was going to, if someone was going to work for you, if you had your own business and someone was going to work for you, you'd want them to represent you or your company and your brand in a particular way. So that's all it is. It's just mm. making sure that you're coming across professional. Yeah. yeah, and 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 Jacks on on that actually, what have you, what would you say you've had to do in the past whatever months years just to make sure that you know you've got that balance um, in terms of when it comes to your online brand. Well, first and foremost, I need to go and clean up my Facebook because Facebook is not <laughs> Facebook is not platform that I use regularly oh, Back in the days, yeah, yeah. So there's stuff on there that's backdating ten years plus because that's mm. when I used it. Um, and just the other day, I was going through, and I thought, oh my gosh, like this, I've changed a lot. I'm not the same guy I was 10 years ago. So um, I think you, even the platforms that you used historically, you might not use them anymore. There's still a story to be told about you, about your past on, mm. on those platforms. So you need to be intentional about going and actually um, maybe getting rid of certain pictures. You can download them into a cloud if you want to keep the memories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for example, on Instagram, um, I'm a bit more, I'm more myself there, um, but I still try and keep it a bit professional kind of thing, or, or a bit more professional than I, I would on my Facebook, for example. Mm. Um, but there's certain things you, you have to be aware of. Um, sometimes you have to do certain things like go private, 
because mm-hmm. you may not want your company to actually be scrutinizing you that's that's the thing um mm. if you use your instagram for just private purposes then you need to be careful i, I, I personally would just go private so that if anyone wants to add you you have to add you and you have to accept them before mm. they can see the stuff that you're posting um i kind of go in and out of that sometimes um sometimes i don't care if i'm honest <laughs> um but it's because if i look at my instagram i don't post anything that i wouldn't want my company to see i've got colleagues on my instagram um that like my pictures and stuff so that's 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 fine Mm. Um, and also yeah. stuff like emails as well I would say have a professional email I mean like I said sometimes it's things that we kind of bypass but it's things that we need to be mindful of even stuff like email you know when you're sending your CV across obviously your emails on your CV so having a, an unprofessional email and you know God please forgive me if um, if this is you know, your emails are similar natures, but stuff like hot stepper or as a professional email that you put on your CV, please. Those, those are emails a... from um, MSN days. <laughs> have a professional, have a professional email. You can have separate emails. You can, you can keep that. If you want to, if you want to have that email as, as the email that people, your friends and whoever contacts you, fine. But then if you're doing job searching, have a professional email. Um, yeah. And also make sure you update your details as well. Make sure that you've got a number, amount of times that I've called people for roles and the number doesn't even work. It's an old mm. number that's stood on their CV. Professional email address. Don't put your full address on your CV. Borough and um, postcode is enough. You don't need to put your full address because of data protection. You don't need to have your full address on there. Mm. Um, yeah, just, just make sure everything's cleaned up and looks professional. If you don't know how to do it, there are loads of resources online. Obviously, I would put myself forward first and say, you know, contact me. <laughs> if, you, if, you need help, if you need help with your CV and, and your personal brand. But yeah, there are other resources out there as well. And bear in mind, I do have a free ebook. And I guess we'll talk about this a bit later on as well. I do have a free ebook. Um, and I'll talk a bit about the special offer that I'm going to offer your listeners as well at the end. Oh, all right. You didn't even know about that. But at uh, the end, at the end. I'll, don't I'll, worry, I'll, I'll make sure we, we don't edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, actually, on that, um, you can touch on that at the end, but just very quickly, how can people, just a reminder, how can people find you? Where can they find you? Yeah, so Instagram, it's TA Recruitment Official. Um, that's the TA Recruitment Instagram page um what else website website um ta recruitment and consulting.com so you can reach me um on my website i would say that that's probably the two best places to reach me um all my details are on there yeah just reach out to me if if you really do want to transition in your career or if you just have a few questions in how to actually go about doing it please feel free to contact me that's absolutely fine Yes, absolutely. Um, hopefully, um, our listeners are able to do just that. Please, please do get in in touch. Um, I guess moving uh forward as well. Um, you know, beyond the CV, going on things on online networking. Um, you've mentioned some of those other places where you can distribute your CV or work your CV. In terms of next, you know, you you your CV impresses and there's a connection that's been made and it's time for the interview it'd be good to hear your thoughts on that how best to prepare and when it comes to preparing for the interview and the 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 key question um for many people um none of us are working for free and that's the salary negotiate well none of us go into our full-time work for free um long term um, and that's the salary negotiation as well 